You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. Well, when it comes to digital transformation success, The reality is we've got a lot of data and I have just the person for you. Welcome to the show, Thor Olaf Filogen. Thank you so much for having me. I have been wanting to have you on the show for so long because (laughs) you are the answer to one of the biggest pieces of digital transformation success. So let me let my audience know a little bit about Thor, why it was so important to have you on today. And then let's just get talking because you and I like to talk. (laughs) Two podcasts podcasts hosts on the same show. It's going to be a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Priscilla. Yeah, no. So let me tell you briefly about myself and Stravito. So Cerrito, we effectively help large organizations to centralize and democratize access to mainly their market research information. And we came to the understanding that we needed to do something about this because two of my co-founders were in the market research space. We ran Shopper Insights Company for 15 years that is currently part of Ipsos. It's uh, Norm, SimStore. It's now, it's now Ipsos Norm. And and myself, I experienced the reality of running a data and analytics team at a really fast-growing fintech company. And I think we both realized for our combined experiences that when they were selling uh, products to you know massive organizations, companies like Procter & Gamble and Unilever, they found out that once the information kind of ga- came through the gates of the company, unless you knew who had commissioned it and you knew who to ask, it was very hard for you to find it. So you really need to reach out to the right person, which leads to, and maybe some listeners can identify like massive email threads with, you know, does anybody know anything on X topic? And on my end, being kind of driving a 200-person team covering Europe and North America, doing both growth and, and analytics, we, I basically saw how we were constantly reinventing the wheel as we grew. It's really about solving that that led us to Dart Storito. I love that because it is a true need in the market and addressing it, but it came from a lot of pain that you have. And I think everybody gave that just deep, deep, like moan, just like, oh, I do not want to look through or find something on email. But these kinds of situations are happening at massive companies. This isn't a small company that's like, hey, Bob, do you have this? Hey, Ruben, where's this? These are massive, massive pools of data that people can't access. And I did talk with someone on your team one time, and they likened it to this for me. And it was really helpful to break it down. 
Your mom is always telling you to take care of what you have and make your clothes last a little longer, make your everything that you have, just be a good steward of the stuff you have. I don't know if you had that kind of mom, but I sure did. And yet with the data, our companies were spending uh, some people millions, some people even more than that, hundreds of millions of dollars, getting the right data to get closer and closer to the consumer and really understand what's going on. And then in that moment, when we most need that data, nobody has a clue where it is. <laughs> and this idea of like, but if you take care of it, if you put it in its right place, really kind of KonMari your data, then you're going to be able to reach back and get it at that critical moment. And I thought that was super helpful. And I just love that story that this really was built out of a need. So let's talk a little bit about what people are really collecting. Like, what are we talking about? When we say data, I don't want to make any assumptions on this show. So tell my audience a little bit about your market research world. What kind of data are they collecting? So what is it that you're needing to organize? Definitely. No, thank you for that, Crystal. No, so I, what I'd say is that it's uh, big organizations will, they will commission a bunch of ad hoc research. They'll also put together internal reports, internal summaries, but they also have syndicated sources. They might have a subscription to your monitor or Mintel or Forrester, you name it. And on top of that, they also track information. They have trackers. They also have data in Power BI or in Tableau. And as an end user, you are often asked to log into multiple system and type your query at multiple different locations and hoping that you'll find anything. And what we enable is effectively you, the ability to go to one search bar and then type your query. And, and no matter where the data resides, whether it's internal, external, on your Google Drive, or it's on your SharePoint, or any of the sources I mentioned, we'll find it for you. And we'll not only find it for you, we'll give you a very Google-like search experience that allows you to kind of understand if something is relevant before you click on the link. Okay, you said a little phrase there I'll unpack, which is a Google-like search experience. And isn't that what we're all looking for? <laughs> Wouldn't we like the That's Google? That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like the Google bar for life. <laughs> like, where are my keys? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. Because on this show, we talk specifically about technology and investments in technology. And on one hand, that's not always the answer because we also as people need to be digitally transformed and technology itself doesn't just solve it. So help me understand how do we breach that idea? So your technology really, I would say maybe is like a little bit of like the fellowship of the rings. It's like one storage space to rule them all, right? So what you were saying is this ideal of being able to log in for any of your data, any of your market research data, no matter where the source was and actually query something without multiple logins. That sounds like an absolute dream. But tell me about, the fact is, is that humans haven't had that dream for a long time. Do you see that there's a lag in how humans and either even your own customers adopt this system? Like, does it take a while for them to kind of believe that they could just go to this one place? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think any of us who have experienced memories from the 80s or, or before that will know that in the beginning when the technology came out, it was, you know, there a lot of great stuff came out, but it was really about humans adapting to technology, meaning that, which is why a lot of us have the experience of parents asking, can you help me understand the VCR or whatever tool you had? Because it was really about people adapting to technology. But I think you know we're in a different time now, and I think we've grown accustomed to great services that really talk about user experience, which, by the way, did not exist if you go back in time in terms of associating that with technology. And I think that at Stravito, we, what we do believe is that for self-service corporate software to work, 
it needs to be personalized. It needs to be fun and it needs to be as easy to use as consumer applications. When I say consumer applications, I'm talking about services like Netflix or Spotify, which is really what everyone wants. And if you think about those applications, not only do you want them, but you will continue using them because they're so easy and friction-free. Now, going back to what I think was a bigger way, which is the consumerization of the enterprise, traditionally, this type of experience did not exist in the enterprise software. However, at Stravito, we believe in simplicity first, which is one of our value words, and that there's no point in being feature-rich if your user experience is poor. And especially if you think about investing in software for your company, it's really only worth it if people log in and use it frequently. So what we have done on our end is work really, really hard to offer a self-service access to insights. And we've done so, but focusing on our customers with a fantastic user experience and easy to use platform, you know, no convoluted training, no complexity. And that has yielded high adoption among our customers. And we have the benefit of working with world leading brands, you know, brands like McDonald's, like Comcast, Burberry, to name a few. Right. Okay. Let's stick on that for a minute because that is absolutely so true. So these are large companies. So let's take even a look at McDonald's, right? So you think about how many people are in insights there and you're going to need to go deep. You're going to need to have everybody understanding that they can log in. And once they log in, like, how do you start changing the mindset that they're not just on some fishing expedition? But tell us a little bit about how quickly, like you said, it's user-friendly and it's easy and the UX is just really intuitive. So how does someone like that go in and what might they be searching for? Let's break down that that kind of moment for insights person. Yeah, sure, definitely. Well, I think as in terms of answering the what they might be searching for is I think with COVID, we realized that our expectations of the of the future can change really rapidly. Whatever people thought would happen in 2020, end of 2019, they were wrong, right? I mean, nobody expected what happened. And I think we've grown to realize that we need to be really quick on our feet and really understand and, and, and adapt. And I think that post-COVID, when vaccines came out and people started believing in a kind of a takeoff post-COVID, we also realized that what's going on in Ukraine, there was not a new normal. It was even more uncertainty. And all of that, I would say, fuels an understanding to go beyond, I think, the surface layer understanding and to really go and understand the human being that kind of motivates, that takes decisions and that eventually will become your customer or your customer of several brands. I think that really spending time understanding those consumers is something that all these organizations need to do. And we are one one way of providing tooling to to help organizations to actually go deep and and, and build those deep insights and understanding. Mm -hmm. Now, specifically talking about one client, I'm going to mention Burberry. We recently published a fantastic case study with, with them. I mean, they're a luxury fashion brand. And in that case study, we detail some of the work that we've done with them as they created what they call the Burberry Insights Hub. Now, like many global organizations before, before they actually introduced the hub, their information sat in silos and as a result was difficult to access. So, I mean, I've worked with many clients and what we see is like you might have 40, 50, you might have like hundreds of SharePoint sites. So unless you know where to log in, it's really hard for you to, to find the information you seek. And that level of silos created a ton of inefficiency for both teams that were producing 
but also the ones consuming insights. And crucially, that slowed down day-to-day work, but it also slowed down high-level strategic decision-making. So in the case of of Burberry, we were able to design something specifically for their time-poor corporate audience. And by combining, if we take a look at our software, it combines what people commonly call as as AI with user-friendly experiences to enable really insights at the employee's fingertips. Mm. And that has created for them a single source of truth within the organization that has achieved clarity in terms of a common thread. And from what we hear, that has also meant that they've been able to quadruple the volume of insights accessible in 12 months. I think that the most fascinating thing about the Burberry Insights Hub is that they've been able to create what they call a curated live newsroom that allows them to distribute insights at scale and to do so quickly. So that's been really, I think, something impressive in the sense that they were able to help insights build narratives around key business topics that are important for the company. Let's take a short break. As a business professional, mastering social media is no longer a nice-to-have set of skills, but a fundamental need in order to advance your career and exceed goals. A lot of people are interested in learning social selling techniques for revenue generation, network building, and maybe even to advance their thought leadership. But what is actually needed is a practical and repeatable system to digitally transform whole teams. Teams that commit to creating meaningful digital communities and learn how to leverage social media to turn relationships into sales online far outperform their competitors. And companies that commit to investing in their teams to increase their personal social influence reap the benefit of increased brand awareness and positive upticks in company reputation. Social media is natural, it's cost-effective, and it's an easily leveraged tool at anyone's disposal. What is lacking is an effective and proven system that trains sales, marketing, HR, and executives alike to move from social selling to complete digital transformation and into digital dominance. Our 12-week social selling course is a practical, hands-on experience. It's taken over time specifically to address the needed mindset shifts, the changes in habits and behaviors, and all of this while implementing new skills. You will learn how to network effectively and at scale build rapport with targeted audiences, expand your influence, and become the go-to authority in your area of expertise. So this is not a quick tips and tricks for LinkedIn success flash in the pan. It's a commitment to changing the way you show up online and experience career-shifting breakthroughs. This is expert instruction in small cohorts with personalized one-on-one coaching. If you're interested, go learn more at littlebirdmarketing.com slash social hyphen influence. Okay, I'm going to break for a second for something a little bit bizarre, Thor. This is, I think, out of episode of Futurama, and I'm sure you probably haven't seen it, but it was this hilarious scene where someone talked about how we have the technology, we just don't have the budget. And so they had the technology, they took this guy who had lost his leg, and they replaced the leg because they had the technology to do it, but they replaced it with a mop and a bucket. 
<laughs> and so yeah. that's the budget wow. that they had, right? So it kind yeah. of brings me back to this idea of so many people talk about digital transformation successes, like we have the technology, right? But then you need to be able to actually use it. And so people talk about like kind of this race in digital transformation successes, like let's get the data, let's get more data, let's get more data. But if that data is not easily accessible, what good is that going to do? You're going to be walking around with a mop and a bucket for a leg. <laughs> so I know that's probably the most bizarre like connection to what you're saying. But I really think when you think about the worlds that you live in, Burberry, McDonald's, Unilever, and they have massive investments over many years, some of these companies decades. And to be able to understand the trajectory of the brand and to be able to access it in the moment, this is a complete powerful shift. And I've heard you talk a little bit about it in terms of the access in Stravito really democratizes the data. Can you unpack that a little bit more for me? Because I think that's in that same thread. Absolutely. And I think, you know, at the core, uh, our, our product is an AI powered insights platform that allows employees and mainly global organizations to store, discover, integrate consumer insights and market intelligence. But when we talk about insights democratization, I would say that the way we think about it is we're accelerating towards a tech forward culture that will enhance, not replace human expertise. So I believe supportive technology such as Stravito can help nurture and also further unlock human expertise. And you do that by automating repetitive tasks. You do that by removing process related obstacles and you by so doing, free up time for deeper work. And, mm. and that's something we've done with many companies. One, I'd just like to add one important element that I think became clear because everybody talks about digital transformation, but I think one very tangible way of thinking about it is with COVID and with the necessity for people to work from home, effectively migrated to an environment where your software becomes your work environment. Because before you would go to the office and you'd of course have peers, but for everybody that was working from home in one bedroom apartment or a bigger house in some cases, your software became your job. That became your work environment. And that's that's something we really need to spend time. If we're going to spend days and hours, you know, several hours a day in that environment, we need to make sure it's adapted to the human being and not vice versa. Mm. Yeah. And that you can get the information because before I used to just pop down to Maria's ad office and say, hey, I know you did the study. Where is it? How can I find it? And we just can't pop down to someone's office at this point. So that is such a true environment. Okay. One thing I love about Storito, Thor, and maybe you don't know this, but I have a deep admiration for the team because you really believe in partnerships. So let me refer you back to something you said earlier. People are doing insights and getting fantastic insights from a lot of different companies. So knowing that you're in an ecosystem like that is super important. And one of the things you guys have been very good about is brokering partnerships. So tell me a little bit about some of the partnerships. I saw one even more recently where you brokered a partnership with Conjointly. So I love this idea. And anybody who knows me or follows me knows I love the idea of collaboration. So a solid collaboration is super where it's at and it's where we need to go forward. So tell me about either a couple of the most recent uh, partnerships or why Stravito like looks at this as a really collaborative effort? Yeah, well, let's start with the why, right? So um, the reason why is at the end of the day, 
We need to put ourselves in the heads of the people we're serving. And just as great market researchers in any of the big Fortune 2000 or 500 companies in the world, they understand that their success is really limited to their ability to, to satisfy their end clients, which is the whole idea of customer centricity. In the same way, we need to make sure that we truly support, go beyond kind of the interests of Servito in, in making the day-to-day work of the CMI teams of the world as smooth and friction-free as possible. And one core thing that's happening is with more software providers popping up and you know great services being sold and more and more outside of the, the remit of the IT team, we also have very kind of, it becomes very quickly fragmented. So one way of solving that is to do integrations, and that's something we're doing, but it's also creating more smooth transitions between different service providers. And I think that's really the way we think about partnerships is how can we, through partnerships, create a much better experience for the end user. And you're right, we did just recently announce partnership with Conjointly. We're very excited about that. We also have a partnership with Owlin, with KnowledgeHound. We have a couple of really interesting cooperations with IC, with System One. So there's a bunch of stuff going on. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few. But yeah, we've really doubled down on that. Again, putting it from the perspective of the the people that we serve and how we can make life for them much easier and less, more friction-free. I love it. Okay, let's come back to a minute about why insights. Let's get even more basic just as we kind of wrap up. But insights, the whole reason that we're all chasing these is because we're trying to understand the consumer, get closer to them and make better decisions that will not only be good for the consumer, which I like to think that's what is one of the motivations, but also obviously good for the brand, good for revenue. And in that, I like this idea of kind of co-creating a future with our consumer, but we can't do that unless we get really close to them. So we know that insight is just integral to really bringing a business along the right trajectory. But then digital transformation comes in. We have so much stuff. We have so much data, so much stuff that we need to actually manage. And so now this is one of the major solutions. But I'm going to give you a real opportunity to tease something up because I'm going to tell you, Thor, of course, podcaster to podcaster, I love your podcast. It's no nonsense. And it just gets to the core of, but what are we doing today? It's not, tell me what you think about this completely tangential subject matter. I really love that you're bringing people on who are in the thick of the battle and who are actually showing you what they're thinking every day and what real big challenges they're facing. So tell us a little bit about the Consumer Insights podcast and how it came about. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you for appreciating the podcast. I think we've um, it came about really through the realization that we needed to spend even more time talking to people that are in in our space and, uh, and and learn more about the challenges that they face, and more importantly, make sure that all those learnings could be shared. So we started the podcast uh, five months ago, and it has grown really incredibly fast. And we get a lot of input, and we've had, I think, so far we've done seventeen episodes. But yeah, no, so basically the idea, it's conversations with people that work with insights, either from the analytics part or their traditional CMI teams, CX teams. And it's an opportunity to effectively take part of their experiences, their learnings, and make those learnings uh, become useful and beneficial for you. And if you haven't already, I'd really encourage you to go to Spotify or whatever podcast player you use and search for the Consumer Market Insights, the Consumer Insights podcast, and listen for yourself. 
I love it. I'm going to give one other plug. I actually, this is several episodes back, but you had a conversation with Dennis Wakabayashi and I just was blown away that his actual title was chief collaboration officer. And when he came on, I was just like, I want that title. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Give me that title. It was a great episode. So I'll actually not only give the link in the show notes, consumerinsightspodcast.com, or like Thor said, of course, go find it on whatever podcast player you use. But that was a great episode a couple back that I thought was super ingenious. And you and I talked a little bit about you were, I think at that point, about to have Nikki Lavoy from Savanta on. And you were really talking about kind of some of the basics about what does it mean to get an insight? And I think I'll use that as a reference. I'm I'm sure that was just a few others back, but it's so seminal about like, what are we talking about? What are these insights that we're actually putting into this storage so that we can retrieve them when we need them? So yeah, we'll give a couple of links in the show notes so you can go take a listen. And of course, podcaster to podcaster, always trying to promote other podcasts. I love it. So tell us a little bit as we end here, what's next for Stravito? What's coming up in 2023? As What should people be thinking about when they're thinking about digital transformation success? Wow. Well, that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> but I think that we're coming into a very interesting era. I think a lot of us are, are seeing AI become tangible. I think what's happening with chat GPT is, is definitely making that tangible for a lot of people online. But I think we're coming into an era where actually able to tie data sources together in a way we've never been able to. And I think we're actually coming into an era where software is going to help us understand a great deal of the information that we now sit on. Because so far, I think software has done a great job at surfacing information and making it available. But I think software needs to do more. And I think that that's particularly interesting. So super excited about that and also super excited about the part that Stravita will play in that journey. I love it. Well, I can't wait to see where you guys bring the evolution of knowledge management next. I think it's so integral to people having success with what they're doing in terms of initiatives for digital transformation at their place. Thor, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. If you like this content, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you downloaded this podcast. It's how people find our show. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.